Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We are excited you are here. Let me welcome those who are joining us on Facebook Live. Again, if you noticed something a little different about Facebook Live this morning uh, as you're watching that, we kind of changed the way we're doing it. We're actually joining you guys with us a little further into the service. And the reason is very simple. We realized that the pre-service music, Facebook was catching it and they were putting a halt on our feed because of copyright issues based on the pre-service music. So we said, you know what, we need to eliminate that. So we did. So again, you're going to be coming into the service as it's already started. So we welcome you this morning. We're glad you're here. We encourage you, if you're watching on Facebook Live, to share this from our feed uh, to your personal Facebook page. So again, more people get to see it today and throughout the week. So but let me welcome you guys as I welcome you. And let me remind you, uh, on February the 20th, that's Sunday, in both of our services, we're going to have Baptism Sunday. So if you have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you haven't taken the next step, which is baptism, I want to encourage you to stop by the information kiosk, pick up a baptism packet. It's just like the one I'm holding in my hand. Uh, there's some information that you'll fill out in that packet. You'll get that back to us, and we'll get you scheduled for baptism after we contact you on Sunday, February the 20th. And let me also say this, we know the schedule and we know health and we know the protocols with all that we're going through are fluid. So if something changes and you can't do February the 20th and you get sick or something was to happen and you just couldn't be here, we'll schedule you for the next one, but at least get the information that is contained in the baptism packet, fill that out and get that back to us. Again, one of our guest service team members can help you out there. They'll get one of these to you. You'll just fill that out, bring it back. You'll drop it in the offering bucket or when you come back in the next Sunday or two, uh, give it to one of our guest service team members. They'll get it to the office. We'll contact you and get you scheduled for baptism. Let me, let me, let me show you a word. Uh, I want you to see this word and then I want you to think about the word. Here's, here's the word behind me. The word's rhythm. Now, let me just tell you, as a Caucasian, I ain't got no rhythm, okay? So, I mean, but, 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 what, but what comes to your mind when you think about the word rhythm? I mean, again, just think, think to yourself, is it, is, it, is it clapping your hands? Is that rhythm? Is it stomping your feet or, or moving your feet? Because, again, when we think about rhythm, it's just one of those words that can make different people think about different things. But one of the things I started to think about is, is, is that when you think about the word rhythm, it's, it's really a part of life. I mean, when you think about rhythm, it's really a part of life. Whether you know it or not, or whether you realize it or understand it, on, on a daily basis, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, you're going to exercise, maybe unknowingly, some type of rhythm. Again, your, your life just has a rhythm. So here's the question I want to follow up with the word. Look, look at the question behind me. The question goes like this. How many times have you equated life to rhythm? I mean, think about it. How many times have you equated life to rhythm, your life to rhythm? I mean, how many times have you ever thought of life in that way? Because for me... It's honestly something that I seem to do all the time. My life has, has always kind of developed its own kind of rhythm. And, and I just want you to understand this morning, it, it's kind of in that rhythm. That that rhythm is where personally I find comfort. 
again, it's just in the rhythm of life. That's where I'm really comfortable. And, and again, you may have never thought about your life in that way, but if you'll take the time to, to think about your life, I bet you'll start to realize, whether you want to admit this or not, you're more like me than you might think you are. I know you don't want to admit that, but I understand that. It's the rhythm that makes life so good. It's the rhythm that makes life great. It's the rhythm that makes your life so wonderful. And, and, and I think for the most part, when you and I are in, you know, you've heard people say, what's your sweet spot? Well, when I'm in my sweet spot, you know when I'm in my sweet spot? I'm in my sweet spot, and that means my life is operating in that rhythm. I mean, it's getting up on Monday, tomorrow. Even as much as you dread Monday, and as bad as you hate going into work, but knowing that you officially start another week, because you know tomorrow when I start the week, I'm going to get in a groove. And not only am I going to get in a groove, I'm, I'm going to get in a rhythm. And that rhythm just moves you from one day to the next. And within a couple of days, you're on Wednesday. And Wednesday is what day? Wednesday is hump day. And after hump day, you got a couple of more days, and it's the weekend. And when you get to the weekend, you get to relax, and you get those two days off. And see, during the course of the seven days from today until next Sunday, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be like me. You're going to be exposed to countless interactions that you're going to have with people. And most of those people are people who are regularly a part of your life. And many of those interactions that you have with people are going to be interactions that you look forward to. But you, just like me, I'm just going to be honest, I'm going to be transparent, you're going to have people that you want to avoid. Can I hear an amen in the house? I want to avoid them. But again, as you go through the week, your life is in the groove. And when you're in the groove, you're starting to find your very own rhythm. Week in and week out, we just kind of fall in sync with the rhythm of life. And you, just like me, for the most part, when your life is in that rhythm, you're just, was it, who's at McDonald's? You're just loving it. I mean, you're just loving it. Because everything seems to fit. And everything seems to work out the way that we like it. If the rhythm is what we've grown to expect. But here's the thing. As much as you and I would like to to see that predictable rhythm happen on a regular basis. It seems that so many times in life, things don't work out the way that we hope they would. We're in that rhythm, we're in that groove, and things don't work out the way that we dreamed that they would. I mean, it's, it's like for you, abruptly, you know, you've got your house and you've got a rental house, but you're, you're in the rhythm, you know, the renter pays, the, you pay the mortgage, the renter pays, you pay the mortgage, but almost one day, like, it, it happens out of nowhere, abruptly, that renter just says, you know what, I'm moving out, and now you don't have a renter to give you the check to allow you to pay the mortgage, and the rhythm of what was been going on or what had been going on, that rhythm is all of a sudden interrupted, now you have to start approaching things differently, and you wonder, how will we make that up since we don't have that income that we've relied on each month? 
Or maybe your spouse comes in, drops the bomb on you. I don't want to be in the marriage anymore. I don't want to be in the relationship anymore. And in that moment, that rhythm of your marriage, it fails to exist. And because of what has just happened, you are thrown into a relational tailspin. Or maybe because of COVID. Maybe because of the supply chain issues, which we're still dealing with. Your employer just suddenly decides, you know what, I'm shutting down the business. I'm just shutting down the business. Nobody saw it coming. No, nobody in the organization had any idea it was about to happen. And now you're left. You're left wondering, what am I going to do for work? And not only what am I going to do for work, what am I going to do to support my family? Again, the loss of your job interrupts the rhythm that you had grown accustomed to. Or maybe it's your health. What started out in your life is just this small little health issue has now become so bad that it bothers you, and it bothers you so bad that, that, that it's keeping you from doing those daily tasks that have long been a part of your, uh, of your life. And you went to the doctor, you went to the hospital, the doctor says, you know what, I don't know what's causing it. I don't know what's causing the issues. But you're going to have to give up some of what you've grown accustomed to being able to do. Again, the rhythm of your life just isn't what it used to be. The rhythm of your life has been interrupted and, and things now, because of whatever happened to you, are going to be different. I mean, I think we all can admit that life, whether we've ever looked at it that way or not, life has its rhythm. And for most of us, we love the rhythm that's a part of our lives. I mean, if you give it much thought, it doesn't take much to, to interrupt that, that rhythm that you and I have grown accustomed to. I mean, I mean just think about the last, I'm, I'm just going to use round numbers here, the last 24 months. And if you look at the last 24 months, you can find example after example of people who have had the rhythm of life interrupted. I mean, the rhythm of their life that they were living interrupted, and it happened by things that were at the, you know, more often than not, they were things that were totally out of their control. I mean, day after day, we open the newspaper. Day after day, we, we, we open the, the, or turn on the computer and we listen to the news and we find things happening in our world. And those things that happen are constantly causing us to wonder about what is it that's going to happen in my future? How is all the uncertainty going to impact my life? And not just my life. How is all of this uncertainty going to impact my future? And my life. Again, as much as we have grown accustomed, and as much as we have loved the rhythm of life, we all in this room and all those watching and listening online, we know that there's a great possibility that there one day is going to be something happen in our life, and it's going to happen, and it's going to interrupt that rhythm that we're so in love with. And when it happens, it's going to happen suddenly. 
And when it happens, that thing that interrupts the rhythm of life, it has the possibility to change our lives forever. Again, the, the rhythm that we've enjoyed for so long, that rhythm may never be the same. And it's during those times, it's during those times of uncertainty, it's during those times when the rhythm is broken. Th these are the times where we can allow fear to become the denominating factor in the way that our lives are lived. It, it's just when we don't understand uh, what's about to happen, that's when we can let fear take control. Because here's the thing, it, it seems that when there's uncertainty, that uncertainty brings with it all the time, it brings fear. And again, when that happens, your life, like my life, begins to take on a, a look that, that's very unfamiliar to me. And again, this, this is what was interesting about this. When I, when I talk about fear, f fear was one of the most interesting uh, and most common, most talked about subjects that I heard from you guys when I talked and listened to people and thought about what series we were going to start this year with. I mean, one of the most common things that you said at its core had something to do with fear. Chase, that's what we were talking about a while ago. I mean, constantly in the conversation, no matter what you were talking about, the situation or circumstances that you were in or that you were facing or that you had just walked out of, one of the most common things that I picked up from you guys was this idea of fear. Because people were fearful. They were fearful about what, happens, what was going to happen to their health or to their jobs or to their family. There was fear when it came to dealing with the things that were a part of their marriage. It was fear that, that came to their mind when they thought about the financial situation that they found themselves in because of what had happened to them or their family over the last 18 or 24 months. There was a feeling of fear. And again, here's the thing. These are, these are the kind of issues that can come into your life and into my life suddenly. And they come so suddenly. And when they do, they disrupt the rhythm. And again, when that comfortable rhythm that you and I love is disrupted, that's the time that it seems to me that fear has the capability of creeping into my life. Because fear comes through uncertainty. And when fear comes into my life, fear brings a lack of control or a feeling that my life is suddenly out of control. And this is exactly the reason why I think this is the perfect time to draw from wisdom. I mean, what better time other than those times when we are faced with times of uncertainty in certain areas of our life? I mean, think about it. What, what better way 
to look at fear than to look at fear through the lens of wisdom. Most of you know that we started this series back on January the 9th, and we're calling it Follow the Yellow Brick Road because we're kind of on a journey together. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking for something that we think will benefit us. And, and we started this year off with this series precisely because of many of the situations and circumstances that you were facing in your life. I mean, from just hearing what so many of you said was going on in your lives, many of the people that I came in contact we realized that many of you were facing things that were going to interrupt the rhythm of your life. It was happening. It had happened. It was possible that it was going to happen in the future. And not only was it interrupting the rhythm, but the things that you were going through were bringing with them uncertainty and fear. And one thing was for sure. If that wasn't a situation that you were currently in or that you were currently facing, then we kind of knew that odds were pretty good that you were going to be facing that kind of situation in the future. The odds were really against you when it came to something happening in your life that would bring with it the potential for rocking your world and interrupting that rhythm that you had grown accustomed to. So when that happened, the question is this, would you be prepared? When something that you didn't see coming happened, would you be prepared to deal with it? And not only would you be prepared to deal with it, would you be equipped to deal with it? Would you be equipped to, to weather the storm in your life? Whether that storm was health-related, financial-related, relationship-related, whatever. If that truly happened, would there be something in you that you could draw from so that you could navigate the loss of rhythm and that time of uncertainty? When an unexpected situation came and, and brought with it uncertainty and fear, would you be equipped to deal with it so that it wouldn't completely wreck your life and just leave you standing there holding the pieces? And this is the reason why we've been on this search. The reason that we've been on the search for wisdom is because we believe that wisdom is going to allow us to experience more. We believe that wisdom, when we have the wisdom that God intends for us to have, that we will experience more in our lives. We, will believe, we believe that wisdom will move us from what is to what should be. And not only will it do that, but wisdom will be the thing that will help us to avoid situations that ultimately could be a part of our lives in the future. We've come to the realization in this series that God just doesn't want us to live where we find ourselves. But many times the reason why we aren't experiencing life's best is simply because we haven't been protect uh, we haven't been practicing wisdom in many different areas of our lives. 
it's going to resonate with you as to what we've talked about the last couple of weeks if you've been here because we realized we're on the wrong path. And here's the thing. We've understood the last two weeks that being on the wrong path, that ultimately is going to be something that impacts every area of our lives. For some of us, we haven't realized how valuable wisdom really could be in our lives. But because of these first three weeks, this being week four, now that we've been exposed to wisdom, we're starting to realize that wisdom is something that if it's incorporated in our life and it's practiced in our life, wisdom is that thing that can make a huge difference in those situations and circumstances that are going to come our way in life. So to kick off this year, to kick off 2022, what we've been doing is we've been cruising through the book of Proverbs and, and looking at what is written there and, and, and seeing the, if the wisdom that's actually contained in that wisdom book could possibly make a difference in how we look at situations and circumstances that ultimately are going to be a part of our lives. And again, we've also taken the time to look at this book of wisdom and to look at wisdom as a tool, a valuable tool. And that's the tool that will help us live out the balance of the rest of our lives on this earth as God gives us that time. If you've missed any of the first three messages, then here's the thing I would strongly encourage you to do. You can see the full message on Facebook. You'll just have to scroll down. Take some time and listen. Take some time and watch or go to crossroadslebanon.com forward slash media and you'll hear the audio version of today's message. Now, one of the very first things that we were exposed to when we started this search for wisdom was something that I called, and again, I, I told you this very early on. It, it, this is my opinion. This is just my perception. It, it's something that I call, we're going to see it on the screen behind me. It's called the principle of the path. We were exposed to that right out of the gate. And, and this is a principle that's found in the very first chapter of the book of Proverbs. It's a principle, again, that you can't help but see as you were reading as part of the 31-day challenge. And for those that might not know, during the month of January, starting January the 1st till the 31st, we read the entire book of Proverbs, one chapter a day. And again, if you did not do that, if you did not participate in that, I would strongly encourage you, incorporate one chapter of Proverbs a day as part of your devotional time, as part of your quiet time. But many of the people who, who, who were a part of that 31-day challenge started to tell me, you know, Randy, I noticed it in the first chapter, but I also started to notice it in chapters subsequent to that because, again, as I told you early on, that this principle of the path is something that we find woven through the entirety of the book of Proverbs. It's all the way through the book of Proverbs. And, and here's what that says. The principle of the path is very simple. The principle of the path says this. It says, you and I have a choice when it comes to the way that we're going to live our life. And again, the writer has been intentional to help us consistently understand that. We have a choice. You're either going to choose one of two paths. You're going to choose the path of wisdom or you're going to choose the path of foolishness. And I'm going to tell you this morning because I want you to understand. I like to call the path of foolishness 
the path of stupidity. And if you're like me and you've ever been on that path of foolishness, you understand why I'm calling it stupidity. Am I right? For those of us who have been on the path of foolishness, we understand stupidity. And we understand why I describe it that way, because we've been there and done that. We're the ones who know. And, and here's what's really interesting. After last week, you guys have been very vocal and just get going ahead and, and being honest about which path that you're on. Because last weekend, after both messages, several of you caught me after one of the services. Some of you sent me an email. Some of you even took the opportunity to, to get it to me in your handwriting by writing it on that prayer request side of the card. You made it personally known to me that, Randy, after I have heard the messages the last couple of weeks, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's pretty easy based on what has happened in my life to see that I'm on the path of stupidity. I'm on the path of foolishness. I mean, some of you were, were so blatantly honest. You sent me a text message. You called me. You saw me in town. You said, Randy, I'm just going to tell you, I have been on the path of foolishness. All I've got to do is look at my life. And I'm just going to tell you, that's where I've been. You admitted it to me, that you've been on the path of stupidity. And let me just tell you, if you've ever been a part of any kind of recovery program, that's the first step. Admitting that you have a problem. Admitting that you're on the wrong path is actually the first step that you need to take when it comes to making a change recognizing that you're headed the wrong way. It just allows you to begin the process and the need for change. So today, as we begin week four of this series, I want us to look at the value of wisdom when it comes to you and I dealing with those interruptions that are going to be a part of our life. I want to look at the value of wisdom when it comes to those things that interrupt the rhythm that you and I have gotten into. And more specifically, when the things that happen, regardless of what those things may be, I want you to know how to deal with those when those things are accompanied, accompanied with fear. So if you have your Bible today, you, you can turn to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be looking at several verses in chapter 3. And again, here's the thing, especially for those visiting, we know, it's dark, we know it's dark there, out there. We know sometimes it's hard for you to see. If you need to take your phone out or bring a light, that's fine. We're going to keep it that way because we want your focus to be here. But if you need to see the Scripture, they're going to be on the screen behind me. But before we look at those verses, I want to ask you a question. And that question may be a little different. But just hold with me. Just, just stick with me. Because I'm going to kind of tie it together in just a moment. If, if, here's the question. If somebody were to say to you, if they told you that you could drive to the end of a certain road, and at the end of that road, 
you were going to find a brand new iPhone 13 with your name on it. Would you go get that iPhone 13? If somebody told you that there was an iPhone 13, brand new, still in the box, saran wrapped or whatever, you know, around it, the plastic around it. Did I just date myself by saying saran wrap? I don't know. But if somebody told you there was a brand new iPhone in the box, wrapped in plastic, would you go down that road to get it? Let, let, me, let me say it a different way. If somebody told you that you could drive to that same street and you could find at the end of that street a car, a brand new car that was titled in your name, would you at least drive down that street to see if those people were telling you the truth? Now, that's two questions, iPhone and a car. You know what I believe the answer to both of those questions is? It's yes. It's yes. Most of you, like me, would at least take the chance to go and see. We would find out to see if it's true. And let me tell you why you would find out to see if it's true. You would find out to see if the iPhone was there and the car was there. You know why you would find out? Because you personally stand to benefit. You're going to benefit from the iPhone. You're going to benefit from the car. And the same holds true for wisdom. Wisdom is something that all of us in this room and those watching and listening online, we all stand to benefit from wisdom. I mean, if you know that wisdom is going to be something that will help you get through the difficult times in your life, then think about it. Wouldn't you spend time trying to find wisdom? And again, I think the answer to that question for all of us is yes. So this morning, I want to go back to the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, and find something that I believe will give us direction when, when fear comes with uncertainty and tries to interrupt the rhythm of our lives. Look this morning at what it says in Proverbs 3. We're going to start at verse 19. It'll be on the screen behind me. You may be looking at your own scripture, but here's what it says. It says, look at the very second word, look at the word. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Now, no, 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 just stop right there real quick. Because to most of you, that second part of that scripture that we read, by his knowledge the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew, that just like, it goes right over your head. I'm going to come back to that. But do you see the importance of these two verses? Because what the writer is telling us in Proverbs is this. Wisdom has been here from the very beginning. Wisdom was here when it all started. And not only was wisdom here when everything started, what the writer is conveying to us is that wisdom was there, and not only was it there, it was an instrumental part of creation. That creation that we see explained to us in the book of Genesis. 
And when you read that story in Scripture, read the creation story. Because it will tell you. It will speak to you. It will show you that creation had its own rhythm. And wisdom was there. Because wisdom was there from the beginning. This scripture actually points out. Look at the scripture behind me, right right behind me. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. You know what that tells us? Wisdom had part or a part to play in the water cycle. Wisdom played a part in it. So again, this this confronts us. It backs us up against the wall and it kind of forces us to ask ourselves a question. If you knew that wisdom was around since the very beginning, wouldn't you at least want to pursue wisdom? Since wisdom is one of the things that played an instrumental part in the creation. I mean, think about it. Shouldn't the value of wisdom, as we're seeing it in creation... Shouldn't that be alone something that motivates us to say, you know what, because of what I've read and what I've seen and what has been pointed out to me this morning, shouldn't that at least make us or motivate us to want to make wisdom a part of our lives? Because the writer of the book of Proverbs, Solomon, Solomon saw the value of wisdom. And as a 12-year-old king, Solomon knew that wisdom was something that he needed. Solomon knew that he needed wisdom so bad that in a dream, that was the very thing that he would ask God for. Because Solomon, as as this 12-year-old boy king, looked at the road that was in front of him, and you know what he knew? He knew exactly what you and I know about our lives. There are going to be tough times. Solomon knew that being a 12-year-old king, the road in front of him was going to be tough. And although wisdom wasn't going to be perfect, it wasn't going to be uh, fail-safe, Solomon knew that it would help him minimize the obstacles and the threats that were going to be directly in front of him. So in a dream, when God asked Solomon, what would you want? He said wisdom. And most of you who have been here the last few weeks, we know how that story played out. Solomon asked God for wisdom. And not only did Solomon receive the wisdom he asked for, but God gave Solomon lots of other things that he didn't ask for. And that's what I want you to understand. This is the importance of wisdom in our lives. Because wisdom dares to impact us in ways that we can only dream about. But here's the thing. Here's where you play a part. You have to search for that wisdom. And when you search for that wisdom and you find that wisdom, you take that wisdom into your life and you put it into practice.
because wisdom is the one thing that would help Solomon make it through the interruptions of the rhythm that Solomon knew was going to be a part of his life. Look, look, look at the next verse. The writer says, My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you. An ornament around, an ornament to grace your neck. Let's stop here and take a look. Because the writer, again, is, is speaking like a father would speak to a son. And, and in those two verses, he speaks of the importance of sound judgment, discretion. But let me ask you a question. Why would the writer speak of sound judgment and discretion? I'm going to tell you why. Because those two words, or three words actually, sound judgment and discretion, those three words are connected to wisdom. What he's saying is that if you preserve sound judgment and discretion, then you're going to be prepared. You're going to be wise because you're going to be prepared to deal with the situations and circumstances that will be a part of your life. The good ones and the bad ones. The good ones and the problems. What he's saying is when things happen in your life and something happens and it catches you off guard, and let me tell you, it will happen. There's going to be something that's going to catch you off guard. When something happens that has the power to overtake you and to shake you, as long as you're practicing wisdom and you have sound judgment and discretion, you will be prepared to deal with those situations. And wisdom is going to be the thing that keeps those things from shaking you. And again, the writer uses an analogy, and you see it in the verse behind me. The analogy of wearing it around your neck. Why would the writer say it's something that you need, an ornament to grace your neck? Why does wisdom need to be an ornament that you grace your neck with? Why does it need to be something? I'll tell you why. Because if he's saying it that way, he's trying to convey to you, wisdom needs to be something that you carry with you all the time. You need it with you at all times. Why would you need it with you at all times? You need it with you at all times because there are going to be things that unexpectedly catch you off guard. And if you're wearing wisdom around your neck as a necklace, you're going to have it with you and you're going to know how to respond when those unexpected things happen. And he goes on. And he paints the benefit in the following ways. Look at the next verse. He says, then you will go on your way in safety. And your foot will not stumble. Again, look at the picture. We're talking about the principle of the path. Consistently, Scripture speaks of roads or paths. 
And when wisdom is a part of your life, listen, listen to me, Crossroads, listen. When wisdom is a part of your life, you will go on your way and you will not stumble. Look at the next verse. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Now, look, look at the verse behind me. When you lie down, when you, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, you will, your sleep will be sweet. Can anybody be like me and say, I've had some restless nights this past week? I mean, I, let, me, let me tell you. I was talking with somebody. I don't, you may be in this service. You may be watching. I, ca I can't remember by name who it was, but somebody told me, said, uh, oh, it's, it's been like the devil has been on me from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. Does anybody feel like that? Devil's been on me from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. Well, why in the world would the writer in Proverbs say, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. See, this person who I was talking to said, you know what? The only time I get any peace is when I go to bed because the devil can't bother me. But can I just tell you something? Something you may not realize. One of the times when we are most vulnerable as humans is when we're asleep. Because when you're asleep, you let your guard down. It's when you're asleep that you let your mind wander. And you think about all the problems that you have going on in your life. But a person who is armed and practicing wisdom, they will not have to worry about such threats. I'm going to tell you what I, I don't do it every night, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I told you I'm very transparent. But when I go to bed, most of the time I pray a hedge of protection around my mind and my house. And I pray that God would protect me as I sleep. Clear my mind. Put things of him on my mind. You know how I ask God to speak to you, uh, to me, more often than not? Is in dreams. When there's clarity that I need about a situation or circumstances, I'll ask God to speak to me. But God, go before me. Protect me. Protect my mind. Protect my heart as I sleep. Give me a good night's sleep. That's wisdom. And that's what the writer says. Because a person who is armed and practicing wisdom does not have to worry about such threats. And then the writer changes from, from telling us the, the benefits of wisdom and the benefit that wisdom provides in our lives to reminding us of something that shouldn't be a part of our lives in the first place. Let me tell you, should not be a part of your life in the first place. Look at the next verse. Have no fear of sudden disaster. Or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Living a life of wisdom, it gives us confidence that no matter what happens in life, we shouldn't fear. Why should you not fear? Because wisdom will tell you. 
that it's God, not you, who's in control. Did you hear that? It's God who's in control. Let me ask you a question. Are you living a life of fear? I'm going to tell you, the last 18 or 24 months, I I was talking to some people who are visiting today and talking about what it used to look like before COVID, what Crossroads looked like before COVID. It's dramatically different. And people are fearful. There's a fear that people have of, you know, coming back to church, being in these environments. And I'm going to tell you more often than not, people use it as an excuse not to come to church and they're watching it online or they say they're watching it online or they're watching somebody online and they've just gotten lazy. Can I get an amen in the house? That's what's happened. We've gotten lazy in every area of our life. But I'm going to tell you, the catalyst for all of this that's happening in our world right now, am I right? Is it fear? It's fear. The devil is using fear. So are you living that kind of life? Are you living a life where fear rules? Are you living a life where fear is dictating your thoughts and your actions? Then maybe you need to stop. And you need to think about the path that you're on. The path of wisdom and the path of foolishness. Could it be that you're on the wrong path? I mean, there's the path of wisdom, which is characterized by trust and faith and love and humility. And there's that other path of foolishness or stupidity that's characterized by pride and arrogance and and self-exaltation. The path of foolishness leads to death. The path of wisdom leads to life. Because the path of wisdom leads us to the cross. Life where fear resides is not a life that's practicing wisdom. If your life is fearful this morning, it's not a life that's practicing wisdom. I want to show you two other verses in a completely different chapter as we conclude, and it it kind of ties a bow on our time together. The writer says this in Proverbs 24. By wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. All across this room, even at home, would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? God, it's so easy for us to let the concerns of this world distract us. To keep us from being the people that you've called us to be. But God, wisdom says that you're in control. Wisdom tells me that no weapon formed against me can prosper. Wisdom tells me, God, that you go before me and, God, that you're my rear guard. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, your hand rests upon me. And it doesn't matter what happens. 
you're in control. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you let fear overtake you, that's not wisdom. That's not a life on the path of wisdom. Are you living a life of fear? Wisdom and fear can't reside together. Let me just tell you this morning, I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you have walked through. I don't know what you're going to walk through. But I know that God has made a promise that he would never leave you nor forsake you. That he would make the path straight. And I'm going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But he would never leave you nor forsake you. So although your situation and your life may look helpless and hopeless, let me just tell you this morning, there's nothing in your life that God can't do. There's nothing in your life that God can't resurrect and bring life to. Just know that in all things, you are a conqueror in Jesus Christ. And God wants the best for you. And it starts by being on the path of wisdom. It starts by going to the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, and making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Because there's nothing that God can't do and doesn't want to do in your life. As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name, amen. There's nothing that I God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise Your name that makes You way. There's nothing that I God can't do. Can we say it together? Come on. Just one word. You calm the storms that surround me. Just one word. Darkness has to retreat. Oh, yeah. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes will open to see. My heart can't help but believe.
about that man. Before we walk out of here today, let's sing this together in faith that as long as our God has us, we're okay. Man, I love this part. And I will believe for greater things. Let's sing it together, church. Come on. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. That's it. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. One more time, come on. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like His power. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise Him. in your life, every bit of wisdom that was given to us in the Holy Scripture by 